welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. I am Cherry Johnson, and my co-host is Mr. Courtney Blackman. He's also the show's producer who hooked me up with this lady that is on today, and her name is Kamari Fulbright. Let me tell you about Kamari Fulbright. Not only is she a luxury, high-rise expert, she does real estate, y'all, investing, she has a support group called Support Women who teaches women how to flip their money and invest in real estate. She also has Wealth82, which helps relocate athletes, entertainers, and actors. If that's not enough, she's also going to come on and talk to me about her Freedom Initiative project. She is beautiful, bright, and amazing. So without further ado... Please stay tuned so that you can learn more from Miss Kamari Fulbright. The only podcast coming through your beat stereo is Cherry's World, so let's go around like a merry-go. Plug your phone in, make sure it got a full battery. Download it Wednesday, listen to it Saturday. She cover all topics, whatever you after. She got ball players, authors, doctors, actors, rappers, singers, entrepreneurs, divas, leaders, androids or Apple, turn up your speakers. Trying to shoot my shot like the vaccine, whether it's Cherry or Maxine, whether the podcast or acting, she that queen. PYT, you know what that means. Saw you on TV and touch the screen, touch on you. I plead Lucy, has got a crush on you. It'll mean the world to get a blush from you. Teaspoon to me, leave you sleep like Robitussin do. So, I'm super excited about the fact that you do real estate. Real estate is my passion. I never wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be an architect. Okay. And so the only field that I can get, because I'm not going back to school, is to like build houses or like redo stuff. So I'm totally loving everything that you do. Okay. I'm loving that. And it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, what I was going to say and, and, you know, you didn't give me a lot of prompts. I've done pre-questionnaires in the past where you kind of know what might be said or this or that. And I'm having this epiphany about real estate and, and how I'm in it and, I don't know if you follow some of these guys like the Q pill and all these guys who are giving this relationship advice. And I sent it to my girlfriend, this guy is toxic, you know, get him off. And I'm like, no, I need to hear what the men folk are thinking. And, you know, it makes me, and I, and I don't want to go into a lot of it because I haven't like thought the whole thought process through, but I think for women going into real estate investment can really be a way to, retain this femininity that all these men are talking about has been lost because we're of this generation of get an education, get a career, get independence. And now that's starting to, I think, backfire on us. And we are successful, we're single, and we're searching. And we're looking at these eligible guys choosing women that have done none of the accolades that we have. And so when I think about real estate as a way to kind of acknowledge gender roles, but still build your own success and security, I think about real estate. So here you are getting this passive income, but you still have time to like doll up and be cute and be available and all of these things. And you're not turning into this like, you know, masculine woman that, you know, is deterring us from finding a mate. I think this could be the path for us ladies. I love it. I love the fact that when I was on your website, I saw something about women supporting women in real estate. Can you tell us more about that? So just as a industry, it's 
pretty much woman dominated. I mean, most real estate agents are women. I mean, I think you think of like old Judy that's 60 doing real estate and that's certainly changing. It's something that's getting sexier. It's something that, um, you know, you can bring your own brand. You're no longer hidden behind the Century 21 broker. You can kind of present it as you want to. And I think that gives a little more freedom of entrepreneurship. And so I think what I've found for me as working with women in an alliance within the professional world, you can really succeed more. It's not about competing. And I know we've heard all these like accolades, oh, I'm not in competition with you and I'm with me and all of this. Real estate is an arena where you really can grow by working with somebody else. So the more you think that you build these relationships, right, you guys can kind of piggyback up off each other. So I'm somebody who's lived in like a ton of different states. I've lived in Kansas City. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in Manhattan. I went to law school in Arizona. I got my undergrad from the University of Michigan. So my network is really scattered. So to kind of like nurture all of those people and then they're saying, hey, I'm selling my house in Michigan. You know anybody? And for me to have a strong relationship with a agent in Michigan that I can confidently refer that works like I work and is going to deliver the service that I deliver. Now I can make money. Right. Just sending those referrals out, you know, and kind of quarterbacking everything because I, because of my background, you know, I did go to business school. I did go to law school. I went selling molecular biology. I'm a sampler of life. Like if I want to taste it all. And I think my approach to everything is different. So I'm trying to really create a new space in real estate where I'm like puppet mastering, quarterbacking, strategizing for people and not just buy, sell, buy, sell. Like, okay, wait, how old is your kid? When are you going to retire? How long do you think you're going to be living here? And really giving you the best advice that's not just centered around me and my commission. I love that. How is the um, new interest rate the Fed just like, how is that going to affect business? Yo, Courtney, I am still processing that and how I'm really going to pivot and explain to people what they need to do right now. Um, In general, I think we've been really spoiled, right? So the interest rate average over 40 years has been 9%. You know, my parents bought a home in the 80s at 16% interest. You almost better just throw it on Amex. You can get some points because that's crazy. And most of us at this age group have done our home buying in the aftermath of the recession where they put the interest rate really low. It's 3%. So in our mind, it's 3% to buy a house. And that's just not true. 9% has really been the average over the years. So just kind of adjusting people's mindset to, yes, interest rates are higher than they were before. This is still a smart investment. It's a safe investment. It is something that as long as you are carefully choosing what you can buy and hold, it's always going to improve. It's always going to go up. If you can weather a little dip, you know, you're going to be fine in the end. I mean, nobody bought anything in 2007 when everyone was like, oh, my God, this is a terrible time. Everything's high. Those people who held until 2020, 2021, they made out like bandits. Yeah. So if you have the time to stay in it and the finance to stay in it, you're going to be fine. It's almost no risk as long as you can have the time. Now, I have a wellness center in Miami 
And we've been, we actually have a high rise now that the wellness center has, and we have clients that come and stay in it. But I have been shopping around in some of the buildings in Courtney, those prices are no joke. No, it's deep like that. Miami is especially because you're getting international money. It's not just, you know, that market is competitive with people on the Euro system. So yes, it's tough. With us looking for another property in one of those high rises, what kind of advice would you give us? You know what? I would think about um, really looking at the HOAs really carefully. I don't think people always look at those documents before they buy. And I don't think a lot of agents have the work ethic to kind of educate and talk to you about how do you want to use this? And, you know, is there going to be something that limits you because of this HOA. So I think HOAs are really important, looking at the financials of the HOA, seeing if they're strong, because you can predict if those HOAs are gonna go up because you're buying with one budget in mind. And then if the HOAs go up because they needed a roof and didn't have the budget for it and they're giving you an assessment, now look at you. This expense has gone up unpredictably. And I would also, if you're not in a rush, right? You're not somebody who's like, oh, I gotta move, I got a new job, you know, I need a house right now. I would approach people about owner financing. You know, these are people who own the home. They want to sell. They may not need a lump sum, but they're just ready to get that monthly expense off their books and you can pick it up. So essentially that owner's functioning is the bank. So you close on the home and now your payment goes directly to that owner. And that can be really cool because it's off the books of the bank of your credit, so to speak. You know what I mean? You're still liable for that debt. You're still owning the home. You're still going forward with it. But that's one little kind of hack that owner financing does exist. And some people are open to it if you ask. You know what? I have never had an agent talk to me about owner financing ever. It's always like, what were you approved for? Uh, What bank are you? Who's your lender? That's the question that I get. Or do you have a a letter, like an approval letter? How does that work? Like getting an approval letter when you're going to some owner? So essentially, um, you know, it takes a little more work. Sometimes in the MLS, the owner will say they're accepting owner financing outright. But if you identify a property that you like, it doesn't hurt to ask and say, hey, look, are you open to owner financing? This could be somebody that owns multiple properties like, "Eh, sure, why not? And so then it's just about you showing, hey, this is my credit source. So it's almost like a negotiation. All the documents that you provide to a bank, you're providing to the owner so that they feel comfortable taking you on. I wanted to. How are you able to sell um, and you have licenses and all all these states you'd be at? Well, so I'm licensed in Las Vegas, which I think is a great investor market. Um, you know, you've got all these young people who are going to be cocktail waitresses and car dealers. They go out there. Those are renters, you know. And so to own property in Vegas, you have a huge market for people who are looking to rent. So um, getting a single family home that you can rent in Vegas, getting a multifamily like fourplex, Vegas is it because it is so transient. There's so much going on. It's also very business friendly. I mean, the taxes there are great. Everything's really good for you to win. And the property prices are low relative to places like Miami, places like New York. You know, uh, Las Vegas is a hot city, but it's it's affordable. So I, I got licensed there so that I could kind of cater to investors there. 
Um, I was also excited that the Raiders were coming. So that's a whole slot of team that needs housing. (laughs) So let me be there for you. Um, Florida, everybody is curious about Florida or wants a second home in Florida or wants to retire in Florida. So it makes sense for me to be licensed in those states and get those full commissions and everywhere else. I just refer them out to people that, you know, I've vetted and feel comfortable with. And I just keep my eye on the deal. The Airbnb industry. Do you, what do you think about that? I'm loving it. So I've got a client, um, young girl, and she runs poker games in her Manhattan penthouse. I identify a really unique property in Orlando. Everybody comes to Orlando. You can fly to Orlando direct from Dubai. They're going to get you to Disney. Yeah. And I find two great places. I supervise getting them renovated down to the studs. I furnish them with every little detail. And we just listed it on Airbnb and she's killing it. I'm like, you're going to have your money back in 18 months, period. Just like I promised, you know? And so I think Airbnb is great. Um, I'm feeling like right now, just with the flights being high and, and all the stuff that's going on, traveling is a little bit less. So, you know, you kind of have to ebb and flow and test the pricing, right? And, and know what's going on in your market and keep your eye on, oh, there's a concert in town. People are going to be looking. Let's raise the prices this much. And it's really about making sure you're getting the most out of your investment. How do you get but started with the Airbnb, though? How do I do it? No, how, like, if I was interested, like, how would someone get started? Like, they want to get so, I think you want to find like um, a property that's good location and you've got to decorate it cute. People want an experience, right? It's got, it's like funky art or, you know, people want to like walk into like a little scene, a little vibe. So spending a little bit of money on furnishing it cute. So you're attracted in the pictures versus it. It's different than furnishing a home for sale where you want all the gray and all the boring and all the clean lines and everything. Like people want something fun in Airbnb. Mm -hmm. and just choosing a property. And, um, you know, when I was living in New York, I had a place in Florida and my housekeeper was managing the Airbnb unbeknownst to her. I didn't even set foot in it for months. Okay. I had a checklist, put this mint on the pillow, put this water by the thing, put two Tide Pods on the wash machine. And as soon as I would get a booking, I would call her and be like, hey, I need you to clean on this day. So she would go and she had eyes on it immediately when the person was gone. I never had a broken glass. I never had anything because people are so protective of their reviews that they want to be able to continue to use the Airbnb platform. So they don't, there's very little trouble that I've seen. You know, of course, there's these horror stories and that's what people attach to because people like to panic. But in general, it's a really great thing. And people aren't on hotel behavior. They're like in someone's home. We're like hanging up the towel and, you know, you're there on, you know, I'm in someone's home and they, and they're respectful. So I think it's definitely got some out front costs because you've got to buy the sheets and you need two sets of sheets. So while one's out for the laundry, the other is there and, you know, there's, there's some costs. So you got to have a little cash flow. So I have a question about Airbnb, right? Because the last time I was in Orlando, I did my first time share sit-in, which okay. was a horrible experience. <laughs> the Wyndham Hotel held me captive. They told me I, I could just go to this thing for like an hour and then I would get a free week at one of their places. Yes. I was gone from my family for four hours. Yes. 
four hours. And I was like, I got to go. I'm not buying this. They tried to sell me a timeshare for $32,000 in Orlando. So if I was going to look at buying a timeshare versus buying a place, and it could be right in Orlando to Airbnb, what is smart for you? Because I actually stayed in what I thought was Airbnb, but it, somebody Airbnb'd me their timeshare. Yeah. So I own a timeshare that I've owned for 22 years because I went to Mexico at 18 and went to these breakfasts and I got bullied. <laughs> and so they're terrible. Don't do it. You know, I mean, I can't say that enough. Um, unless you really identify a property where you're that kind of family where we're going here every year and we've got our two weeks and that's great. It's good for some. I don't want to like totally blanket it as terrible, but it's not something you're really going to make money at because nine times out of 10, the, what do they call it? The fees are going to outweigh what you can really Airbnb it for. Right. And, um, you know, back in the day there was RCA and you could trade it around and stay at different places, but people just don't vacation like that anymore. I mean, everything's kind of changed. And I think the timeshare model is a little defeated. And if you ever want to try to sell it secondhand, it's a mission. So I would probably stay away from that. What I would do is I would talk to a couple girlfriends and say, Hey, look, I need $5,000 from everybody. We're going to get this house. Okay. Everybody's going to get their own two weeks. We're going to Airbnb it the rest of the year and, and, you know, get started as like a little syndicate with your people who are like-minded and, and ready to get money. That's smart because I, that's what I couldn't, they weren't getting me because I was like, I don't understand how owning this timeshare is going to make me a dollar. I see the maintenance fees. I see the $32,000 you want from me, but yeah. I don't see how this is going to really benefit me so much. Yeah. It's only great if it's like, oh my God, we love to go to Aspen every year and we're always going to stay at this hotel. And there's people that are wired like that. And then, then it's a great thing. I'm trying to see the world. I want to go to the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't want to make it personal, but your uh, your dad told me in 2007, I'll never forget this. He said, man, you need to buy in Tampa. And I was, what, 26 or 27 then, so I didn't listen to him. But he was yeah. trying to tell me at, at Tampa at that time, you could get um, like a condo or something, like yeah. right on the beach for like maybe 35000 I think it was, maybe 70000 And I didn't even... I was I was a different guy back then. But anyway, but anyway I, I recently was in Destin, Florida. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Destin, Florida? I really like that area. I like Destin. The other parts of Florida. I'm working with a client now in Destin with one of my partners there that is amazing at identifying investments in that area. So I think Destin is good. Um, what's happening with Florida is, to Sherry's point, Miami's off the chain. Tampa, there's still room to get in, but it's crazy. St. Pete's crazy. And all the major cities that we know of are really kind of exploited. So people are pushing out to Cape Coral. I can get you in Cape Coral and, you know, get you a turnkey Airbnb or get you a property there. People are going to Destin. People are branching out to these other Florida cities. And um, you're going to start hearing about them the way you hear about Orlando, the way you hear about Tampa you know, Panama City Beach, you know, that's not Southern Alabama, ain't my favorite place to be, but you know, <laughs> Northern Florida is a little special. But um, 
yeah, I think you still can. And just in general to your comment about, you know, my dad kind of telling you to do that years ago, one, do not beat yourself up. You know, I always say the best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. So, you know, just get in where you fit in now. And, you know, we can find something smart that, you know, works for you. And you're, you're going to grow and you won't be talking to me about this same regret 10 years from now. You'd be like, I did it. You got me. I'm here taking notes. I'm like, Cape Coral, I'm going to call her back about that one later. <laughs> now, where is Cape Coral from, like, everywhere else? So, Cape Coral is kind of right in between Naples, St. Pete, Sarasota. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from Tampa. They do have the Fort Myers Airport. There's some water. Um, they're doing a lot of new construction and people do vacation there. And sometimes it's a vacation spot for Floridians, right? They're in one part of Florida inland and they say, okay, well, I'm going to go to Cape Coral, but it's starting to attract nationally. And I think people who are like, if you know, you know, Sarasota used to be a, if you know, you know, kind of place, wealthy mm -hmm. retirement town, nobody outside of the state really was up on it. And now it's super busy and, and all of that. So I think I'm going to see more of these cities that have the things that are desirable about Florida starting to be desirable locations to buy and own. What is a starter property going for in Cape Coral? So um, I just got a great lady. She's my client. She's a doctor of sex therapy. I'm like, oh, wow, tell me more. Because I, I mean, Can we just trade? I ain't going to charge you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I need a man and I'm, you know, what do you know? So anyhow, we found her great new construction, um, $399,000, four bedrooms, brand new. Oh, and, nice. um, you know, it's fairly walkable. It's about a mile and a half from like the little strip in Cape Coral of the dockside restaurants and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there's little canals and so and that's a full single family home, no HOA, no hidden costs, you know, and that's, that's why I kind of am leery of condos for an investment because, you know, those HOAs do eat into your money right. and then they have all these rules. You can't Airbnb in a condo. Right. You, you know, look, I got me a friend, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. We booking girls trips to Jamaica. We out. We need to just figure all this out. We're going to get our lives right. I'm ready. I, could, I'm, I just love how you're just so, I just love your um, energy and everything you do on social and, you know, how you're just touching on so many topics and just loving on people and being yourself and thank you just sh and showing up every day. Like, I know I need to do more video for real estate. I know that's what works. And I'm, and I look to you as inspiration because I'm like, Sherry just will hop on there. You know, that's not me. That's Courtney. That is Courtney telling me what to do. He kind of puppeteers me and I listen. Okay. <laughs> Talking about jumping on social and doing things, what really attracted me to you when Courtney said that we got to interview you, I went to your Instagram page and you were just so adorable. You had on like this cute little kind of tank top and you had on these shorts and you were like, people think that real estate is so attractive. And you were standing by like a U-Haul about to stage a place. Yeah. And my first thought was, she needs a show because I watch these other real estate or flipping shows, right? But I don't see myself. 
I don't right. see anybody who represents me. And there is a, a group of women who are, I believe in Florida, is it selling Tampa or something like that? Mm-hmm. They don't represent me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say, I don't think I can. I don't like the messiness and I don't do catty. Yeah. There is a batch of ladies. I, I yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing beautiful women thrive. Have you ever yeah. thought about doing something like that? Because I would totally watch you. I, you know, I would love to flip the script on what I do see about real estate and really, I mean, I've got stuff where I got a hive of 50,000 bees doing 40 pounds of honey on a rooftop. I mean, I go through all this crazy stuff and I think they block that out or don't showcase that. But I'm like, that's where the fun part is. That's where the entertaining part is where I'm walking in and this happened and this was leaking. And how did I handle this? And how did I problem solve that? And I would love to do that, but something like selling Tampa while you know, I'm wishing those ladies millions and millions in commission, that wouldn't be a good fit for me because it takes my all to like brush my hair. Like I I do it when I have to, but I'm a pretty low key chick, you know? But you're also nice and I don't get catty from you. And the thing that I hate about black women getting on TV and representing, they don't realize that they're representing us as a whole. And most of us are not like that. No, no. It's crazy because I just had my birthday party in Costa Rica And I had girlfriends from all my walks of life, middle school, high school, law school, college, and some of them knew each other, some of them didn't. And they were like, oh my God, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who would be here. I thought it would be all the, everyone, you know, was great. Everyone's an entrepreneur or working gal or doing their thing. And I brought together this great group of women and we're not like that. Right. And you represent to me what black women really are and what I would love to see on TV. So think about it. Maybe we can work about it. And I'm going to take it from you big time because you were a source of representation before that was even a catchphrase. I mean, I feel like I'm half cherry, half Lisa turtle. And I got that able to see, you know, that on TV at a time when that wasn't really such a thing. Will you hear that? Let me pass the torch. Okay. (laughs) And now let me sit back and watch you do something that's not really a thing, but I think that we need it. All right. I'm going to do more video and then maybe we'll find somebody to pitch that to. You'd be my first sale on TV. Like, Let's get Cherry her her investment property. (laughs) Let's do it. Come on. So so if me and Cherry want to like get one of them, you said, a couple girlfriends, me and Cherry do business together. So me and Cherry just put five thousand together. We can go get us an Airbnb down in Florida. I think we can try to find something that's a FHA, and five would be good. Um, yeah, I, we can work that. I mean, all we have to do is I just need to know your budget. I'll find it and set the expectations, right? Because that's what it's all about. Can we get something for five? Yes. What is it going to be? Let me holler back. You know what I mean? And then, well, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. Let's do it, Courtney. No, I'll say Jerry got five. I got five. That'll be two. Oh, yeah. We ready. We ready. Let's go. <laughs> hey, we got more than that. We got money in, in Cherry's World podcast account, too. True. Yeah, Cherry got five on it. You got five on it. Let me ask you a question about Costa Rica, because my daughter just told me that one of her friends is moving from Illinois to Costa Rica. Yeah. Like what's, what's in Costa Rica? So, you know, years and years ago, um, you know, it was a great 
place. People love to, they would go to Costa Rica and they would come back and be like, I'm moving to Costa Rica. So people just really got into it. They love it. It's chill. It's the Pura Vida. It's great, awesome mountains, water, every type of topography. So whatever activity you're into. So people just really grabbed on to Costa Rica. I think there was also some attraction with um, the ability to own property there because some countries it's difficult to own as a foreigner and other countries it's not. So like right now in Europe, Portugal is all the rage because you can get in Portugal, get citizenship, get a license, get a visa, all the things. So Costa Rica was always one of those places, but people just love it. And um, I got a big old Airbnb down there for all my girls and, um, you know, white guy who moved from the Midwest, bought this place, spruced it up, and he's just living simple life and making money off people vacationing. So I think if you're one of those types who want to go off the grid and just live, Costa Rica is it. What kind of economy they got down there? You know, it's really around tourism. So everyone's got their hands in it in some kind of way. So I think you could go down there and start a cleaning company for all these people who do have Airbnbs. You could go down there and um, if you'd want to do meal prep and chef for the different people who are coming down there and doing Airbnbs is related to real estate. I think you could start a little gift shop. I mean, there's anything that's kind of like catering to people who are coming there to vacation because that's what's going on there. That's why I was so surprised when my daughter was, I was like, you sure they moving to Costa Rica? I just never heard of nobody. They do. Oh, people do. What did you say? People do it. They just go to Costa Rica. Really? And, and live? Like can make money. And I think you can live simply at the same time, which is hard. Like when you think about Manhattan, yeah, you can make money, but you're spending that money. That's a place where the balance is a little different. You okay. know, LA, same thing. Like, okay, you're going out there. Yeah, you can get a high paying job, but you're also have all of this rent where Costa Rica is different. Real estate always has trends, right? Yeah. So are you already looking at the forecast of uh, 2023? Like what are going to be the trends? What's coming up in 2023 as far as real estate? You know, what I'm seeing just as like a, an, as like a societal shift in what's happening with real estate is I feel like we're moving away from privatized real estate. People are the American dream of I'm going to own a home is getting harder and harder and harder. And these investors are buying up things. And just to give you an example of what Zillow did, over this pandemic, they were buying up homes in the same neighborhood. Then the last home they would buy in that neighborhood, they would overpay that owner. Now they've set the comp. And all those other homes that they bought, they can now make all the money on based on the price of the last home they bought. Mm -hmm. And with all this institutional investing, now you can only rent and because all the homes are bought up and I'm just trying to figure out what's next in terms of how I can help people on an individual level combat that or work around that or find some way around that. And of course, I'm very dedicated to working with other black realtors, helping black people get in the real estate game and, and, and find that wealth building. It's the only way you can really build wealth in one generation outside of tech. You know, 90% of millionaires have become millionaires because of real estate and the other 10% that made their money some other way are also involved in real estate. So it's, you got to get into it. You got to somehow, some way, get your toe in. I want my feet in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both feet, girl. We're going to do it. 
But what do you think about like uh, like rental property in not the major cities like you said, but like you know, like Chicago where I'm at? Yeah. Well, Chicago is a major city. I think with rental property, <clears throat> it's tough because no one's going to get rich with one rental property. You know, you're maybe making three to seven hundred profit a month, so depending on the property, depending on the market. So that's not life changing. Now, it's a nice little slush fund. That's your little hangout money and you're not dipping into your salary or you can put that towards saving or you can put that towards the next property. So there's something you can do with making that small amount. And I don't want to discourage anybody from getting that first rental property because that's the way you start. You got to do it. But as an alternative to that, I think you can maximize that rent if you get a same priced home as one single family home, that's a fourplex. So now you've got four people paying rent in one. And then now, now you're making, okay, maybe three or 400 on each one of those. And so now you've maximized what you're making with the same outlay. So I would really focus on looking for those um, multifamily opportunities, duplex, fourplex, and then elevate on up because you got to get an apartment building. We, get, we need an apartment building, the three of us in 24 months or less. That's the goal. That's the goal. Damn. I'm with it. Tell me how much money I need to come up with. I'm we don't work on going to the three of us so I can be put in. <laughs> But that's that's what we got to focus on. That is the best threesome anyone has yes. proposed to me, and I am all yes. for it. Yeah, I ain't gonna say all that. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Courtney? You know, I mean, this is a pretty good threesome, but I. Yeah. <laughs> we met our match here. We good. We good. Right. Over. Totally up for the buy every five years. It's okay. Yeah. You know, let me get my equity out of it and, and go. Yes. And we can get you on that. because, And that's another way is just to kind of like let it sit for five years, build some equity, and then you can borrow from that equity for the down payment for the next thing and rinse and repeat. So there's a lot of ways to do it. They don't so want to play with me anymore. Yeah. They don't want? They don't want to play with me anymore. Ooh. My family. They're not. Rhythm was like, we, we've been here for nine months. I love my house. I want to stay, but I'm like, look, your playroom could be bigger. Your yeah. room could be, and she's like, they don't care. They're not sold. Okay. No. Well, I'm so glad y'all had me. This just brightened up my little day, and I didn't know what we we're gonna talk about or how it was gonna go, but I just knew I'm like, my best friend called. <laughs> I'm coming. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So look. We need to record you out with some of these male clients because I bet you we can catch on the looks that you're not seeing okay. because you're just like in business mode. I'm seeing your TV show just all like, you know. So my operations person, my Courtney, um, comes down from New York. She lives upstate about once a month. And it's always with the intention that we're going to film. And, you know, I, I, I won't bathe. I won't brush my hair. And then I, I won't let her record me. <laughs> So I'm trying to get more film so that I could kind of explore that a little bit more because people do think I'm weird and crazy and entertaining. I'm like, I'm just myself. And I talk to people just regular, you know, even when I call up another agent, I'm like, okay, I got a client. What's the scoop on this? Here's how we're going to run it. I don't, I'm not like, hi, this is Kimari. Um, I'd, I'd really be interested in, in finding out more. You know, I don't do all that. Like you're going to get me raw and uncut at all times. And I think that alarms people. <laughs> But that's what I liked about I was looking at your Instagram. I was like, oh, my God, I love her. Like, that's that's I see myself 
And people like to watch things where they can see themselves. And I know that there's a whole group of Black women out there who don't want to watch the cattiness, yeah. who want to love on their sisters and want to watch their sisters win, who would love you. Okay, I'm going to do it. And I like to teach too. It's not about just look at me and you didn't learn anything. Like I want to school you to this game a little bit, you know what I mean? And give you some some tips and pointers. So I have a different messaging, I think, too, than here's the cutest dress I'm wearing in this big million dollar house. That's not what I'm all about. Courtney, mm. I'm giving you another project. <laughs> That's a gold mine. And she don't even realize what she's sitting on. Besides from real estate itself, like you are real estate. And the fact that you teach and you support other women and the fact that you're helping felons get in, have a place to stay and getting them dropped, that's a gold mine. I do want to encourage people that this, if you do have some different blemishes, this is a career path that you can take. Have you written your book yet? No. And I, you know, I just never have had the right plug with the right publisher. And if you don't have the agent and you- Why can't you do it yourself and just throw it up on Amazon? I should do that. But I think I'm scared, Sherry. Okay, so I teach this class and I told the other lady this the other night. I teach a class how to write a book in 30 days where at least you come out with your rough draft. Okay. I'll email you the notes. Like if you take the class okay. and literally dedicate just maybe like a couple hours a week. I'm not saying that you have to do it in 30 days. Right. I'm here. But I think that it opens up another avenue for you to go back and teach and teach in some places that people might not, you know, expect to necessarily see you. It's not only another, you know, avenue for income, but yeah. it's also a different platform. It's so, it, it, the, the amazing part about your show is, you know, we're sharing information. We're out here giving people what they need to succeed or knowledge that they want to have. But it also just feels like we're just chopping it up. And, and you know, so it, it's blurry. I love you, Cherry. I, I want to tell you everything. <laughs> I love you, too. Mm -hmm. You done gave me a whole friend, Courtney, and didn't even know. <laughs> I love her, Courtney. And, and let's let's put our five grand together. Yeah, yeah. Y'all y'all get your ducats together. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sharpen my pencil and, and get, get an opportunity. I'm going to look. Destin might be good. Um, I'll look into Kate Porrell. And, you know, it's just when you're investing, it's about just waiting until the right opportunity presents itself. It's not about just jumping on anything. It's not like, oh my God, I need a house. My kids start stool next week. We got to just move into whatever. It's right. about waiting for the right thing to present. So we'll find it. I'm down. Okay. Yeah, I really like Dustin. I really like you been? I, I, I don't know about Dustin. I don't know about Cape Curl, but I, I wrote down Cape Curl because it sounds very foofy. <laughs> Fancy. That's <laughs> beautiful, Jerry. You got that that white sand beach. On, oh, all right. We I'm, I'm gonna look into that, and um, you know, so we'll be in touch. I got the email, so please do. Yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. What up, Cherry? Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world.